cost of knowing Messiah. So we're now live on all of our streams, and uh, we are are good to go. So welcome to Letter to Philippi Live, a daily study through Paul's Letter to Philippi, also known as Philippians. And this is brought to you by LetterToPhilippi.org, a new Messian Jewish theological and teaching organization, of which I am the founder and the teacher. And uh, we will be continuing our study in Paul's letter to Philippians, looking at uh, chapter 3, verses 7 through 8 today. The section I, I entitled in my commentary, The Cost of Knowing Messiah, which covers chapter 3, verses 7 through 11. And uh, we will be looking at verses 7 through 8 today. And then tomorrow we'll be looking at... Uh, Verses nine through eleven, the concluding section of this of this section where Paul's talking about what it really means to follow the Messiah, and what the cost of following the Messiah is, and what the great reward it is for knowing the Messiah, and in knowing the Messiah is far greater than anything we can experience. The knowledge of the Messiah, knowing Yeshua, knowing the power of His resurrection, and knowing the life that only he brings, Paul says, is far greater than anything, any accomplishment that he had in his life, anything that, that he could be proud of, anything that he could be, be uh, excited about, something that he could have, see is of highest value. Everything falls in comparison to knowing Yeshua knowing the Messiah of Israel and knowing the life that only he brings. So we'll be looking at, we'll be starting with verse 7 of chapter 3 in our study here. And uh, we read, But the things that used to be advantages for me, I have, because of the Messiah, come to consider a disadvantage. Paul realized that in Yeshua, in knowing Yeshua, everything else pales in comparison to his new life in Messiah. His relationship with God was no longer based on his actions or human qualifications, which he laid forward in his what we called his, his Jewish resume, which was spectacular. That he was he was born into a Jewish family, circumcised on the eighth day raised in a Hebrew-speaking home. He studied at the feet of Gamaliel, one of the great sages of the Second Temple period. And he lived his, his life as an observant Jew. Even in his final trial, he referred to himself as a parush, as a Pharisee, basically saying even, as, even now, 20-plus years after coming to know Yeshua, he understood his life as a Perush, as an observant Jew, and a follower of the Jewish Messiah. Paul realized that in Yeshua everything else pales, and that his new life, his relationship with God, was no longer based on his actions or human qualifications, or even his Jewish, is a genuine Jewish background, that said life is in Yeshua, as, as Robert Sloan stated, the biblical scholar. He says, and Paul says that he realized, having realized that Messiah had come, Messiah by God's plan and purpose, 
that suffered sacrificially for us and been raised from the dead to start a new creation, Paul realized that those things he was depending on in the past were not sufficient to save. For Paul, knowing the Messiah and being integrated into the life of Yeshua has so transformed him that his whole identity from his time of encountering Yeshua on the road to Damascus is now wholly about becoming more and more and more in Messiah. The core of his life is the transformation he had in his experience of the coming to know Yeshua as the Messiah of Israel. Everything else in his life, including his sterling Jewish resume, cannot compare with his incorporation into the Messiah. He's come to see that everything that he had value in his life, which were truly valuable and were truly gifts from God, all could not stand up to the light of knowing Messiah. That everything, everything good, every all the blessings that God has given us, we talked about the connection to Paul talking about his Jewish resume and the Dainu, that all of these blessings in his life, all of these things that he considered of value, he now understands that everything pales in comparison to knowing Messiah. His life itself is no longer his. He now lives solely connected to and empowered by the Messiah. Let me read that again, and that will lead into what he wrote to the people of Galatia. Life for Paul, and he's compelling this on to the Philippian community, and also, and also us as readers of this and when studying this, that his life itself is no longer his, but he now lives solely connected to and empowered by the Messiah. We can see this more fully in Galatians 2.20 where Rav Shul, the Apostle Paul, wrote, when the Messiah was executed on the stake as a criminal, I was too, so that my proud ego no longer lives, but the Messiah lives in me. In the life I now live in my body, I live by the same trusting faithfulness that the Son of God had, who loved me and gave himself up for me. Rather than looking at his pre-Yeshua life, in Judaism negatively, which is common in, as I said, the many of the Christian commentaries that I read about this passage, they see here that he is, in essence, talking about how he came to know Yeshua and basically threw off his Jewish past, his, his Jewish heritage, it was no longer of an importance to him. Basically, he was like, now that he'd gone from Shaul, the Jew, to now Paul, the Christian, but no, he's not saying that. He's he's not saying that he is no longer a Jew following the Messiah of Israel. But he is a Jew who has found the Messiah of Israel. And the knowledge of Yeshua makes everything else pale in comparison. But still, all that he had at all that he has as a Jewish follower of Yeshua is there and is a, is of import. But the greatest thing for him is knowing the Messiah, knowing life as a Jew, living, following the Messiah of Israel. Paul does not look back on his, his life before coming to know Yeshua negatively. As I would say, a conversion from Judaism to Christianity. 
but a new experience of Judaism and life as a Jew and Torah life in Messiah Yeshua. His life in Judaism is entirely in Yeshua without rejecting his past. Paul here is understanding that he is now a Messianic Jew. He's a Jew who's following the Messiah of Israel, but he, he's now living his life as a Jew, walking in the ways of Torah, living out his life as a follower of the God of Israel, now empowered by the knowledge and the new life that he only gets from Messiah Yeshua. His life in Judaism is, is entirely Yeshua without rejecting his past. And that's what, what we as Jews who come to know Messiah need to understand and need to, to continue to live as Jews, but as Jews following the Messiah of Israel. And that is, that is, that is the key for there to be an ongoing Jewish witness to Yeshua within the Jewish people. And that is the calling of, of Jews who come to know Yeshua, is that they must continue to live as Jews, to fully give honor to God, and to live their lives as testimony to Jews whose life are renewed by coming to know the Messiah. As, as uh, it said, the, the Messiah come, came into the world to make better Jews, not to make Jews into Gentiles, but to make better Jews, Jews who were living out Jewish life, living out Torah, walking in God's ways, empowered by the Rock Hodesh, and walking, following our Master Yeshua, our righteous Messiah. We can see Paul here in the use of advantage-disadvantage language, using the similar language that Yeshua used, our righteous Messiah. In Matthew 16, 26, when he's he said, these are the words of, of Yeshua. What good will do someone if he gains the whole world but forfeits his life? Or what can a person give in exchange for his life? Here Yeshua is contrasting gaining the entire world, a great advantage, but at the great cost of lo or loss of one's life. Unlike the person in Yeshua's example that shows advantages in this world, over life in the world to come, Paul considers all of no advantage to the supreme knowledge of union with Yeshua the Messiah. So we see here that the Paul, in looking over his life, looking all that God has done in his life, all of the, the greatness of his life as a Jew, everything about that is of value and continuing value because as we know, he continued to live as an observant Jew, considering himself a parush even to, to his final days. But the knowledge of the Messiah was so great that everything else to him it pales in comparison. But they continue to be of value. The knowledge of the Messiah is so overwhelming that as he can say that that in in the uh, Earlier in, in Philippians, in Philippians one twenty one, you can say which is actually which is actually one of the the my favorite verses. The one what people call life verse is Philippians one twenty one that says, "For me to live as Messiah, to die as gain." But Paul understood that his whole life was about Yeshua, 
And the knowledge of Yeshua was so impacting that his life from that point on was solely for living for Yeshua and walking in his path. And he continues, I said, that in the, the companion verse in Galatians 2.20, that, that he understands that, that even everything about him is, the, is in the Messiah. Which says, when the Messiah is executed on the stake as a criminal, I was too, so my proud ego no longer lives, but the Messiah lives in me. The life I now live with my body, I live by the same trusting faithfulness that the Son of God had, who loved me and gave himself up for me. Paul's life coming into the Messiah was, was so transformative that from that date forward, everything about him was seeking to become more and more like the Messiah, more like his master, Yeshua. And he compels that to the people of Philippi and us by example, to have Yeshua as our very source of life, that we can say to like Paul, for me to live as Messiah, to die as the king, for our life living, while we're living here in this world, living in this life, we are doing it for the Messiah. And if our life comes to an end, we will instantaneously be in the presence of the Messiah. So we continue to work in this life until that day when our life comes to an end, either in physical death or when our righteous Messiah returns. But each day should be a continuing walk to become closer to the Messiah and to more like him and to more represent him in our dark world. In verse 8, Paul continues, Not only that, but I consider everything a disadvantage in comparison with the supreme value of knowing the Messiah Yeshua as my Lord. It was because of him I gave up everything and regarded as all, all as garbage to gain the Messiah. But read that again, those are powerful words. Not only that, but I consider everything a disadvantage in comparison with the supreme value of knowing the Messiah Yeshua as my Lord, it was because of him I give everything and regard it all as garbage to gain the Messiah. As Paul had previous looked upon Yeshua and the Messianic community as worthless garbage, after his experience on the road to Damascus, he can now see Yeshua and the Messianic community as supremely valued. Paul here makes a comparison in how he regards his Jewish identity as garbage and compared to knowing Messiah. Both were highly valuable, but the new revelation made the new thing even more valuable. Paul experienced knowing Yeshua as Messiah and Lord, the spiritual union of Paul with the Messiah and incorporation into him. Though many commentators, the set of the roughly 100 different commentaries that I looked at, in putting together my Messianic commentary on the Philippians. Understand this verse as Paul's complete rejection of Judaism, his complete turning on his past, say, calling it garbage, saying that it is worthless, and he's basically glad he's got rid of it. As, 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 as one who was to take out the garbage, they're glad they finally got the, the mess out of their house. But Paul here is not saying that these things in themselves are worthless and he's rejecting them. As much as he's saying 
that the knowledge of the Messiah. This, this is this is kind of a kind of a uh, extreme comparison that Paul is making here. That the knowledge of the Messiah is so great, knowing Yeshua is so much to him that everything else pales so much in comparison that they can be considered garbage. These the great things that he was sharing about as, as about his life are great gifts from God, but the knowledge of Messiah is so much that everything can pales to the point to be considered worthless. Paul's everything, though many commentators I said interpret this verse as Paul's complete rejection of Judaism, a better understanding is that to Paul, everything else in his life, even his heritage of a Torah faithful Jew, Jew, paled by comparison to knowing the Messiah, even be, being considered rubbish. Uh, Biblical scholar Stanley Stowers put it this way, Paul's narrative no more regards his past Jewish life as worthless than the exalted prerogatives that Messiah gave up should be regarded as worthless. Rather, the first pales in comparison with the second. So Stowers here actually is, is bringing this comparison of Paul calling calling his his everything about his pre-Yeshua life as garbage in comparison to knowing Messiah or worthless as 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 in reference to to Yeshua in in, in uh, chapter two that him him leaving behind his life as as the eternal son in the heavenlies put that aside temporarily to come into our world as a human being and and the and the greatness of of that the greatness of him being the eternal son coming into our into our world as a baby who would die eventually on the roman stake but as but in that he left behind the greatness and Paul here is leaving behind the greatness of his of the value he held for his Jewish heritage, his Jewish upbringing, and all that God had done for him as as a pre-Yeshua Jew. He sees that all of that 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 so pales in comparison that he can refer to it as rubbish or garbage. Grinty Wright. Christian scholar and and Pauline scholar, let Paul says that understood this passage saying that Paul left behind his life as a Pharisee, that he was now for now his new life was in Messiah, and no longer in the Pharisaic world. Though Paul's own words of defense before King Agrippa near the end of his life showed Paul touting his Jewish bona fides and contrasting what what had. Uh, uh, Dr. Wright says, of which in Acts 26, 4 through 5, we read, So then, all the Jews, this is Paul speaking, all the Jews know I have lived my life from my youth on, both in my own country and in Jerusalem. They have known me for a long time, but they're willing, they can testify, that I have followed the strictest part in religion, that is, I've lived as a parush. So biblical scholar N.T. Wright says, Understood that, and Paul here is talking about about calling calling life rubbish, is that he was basically rejecting his past as a Pharisee to become a Yeshua follower. But as we said, so that in his 
in his final his final speech before Agrippa, Paul still referred to himself as a parish. That so so we can see that that uh, that Dr. Wright is incorrect on this on this perspective that Paul at this point had left behind his 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 life as a Pharisee, continuing throughout his whole life to consider himself as a Pharisee as a committed observant Jew. Perhaps 1 Corinthians 9, 20 through 21 best clarifies Paul's relation with the Torah. While affirming in verse 20, he is not in subjection to legalist perversion of Torah. Paul does declare that he is not outside the framework of God's Torah, but within the framework of Torah is upheld by the Messiah. Paul, who is, is a Jew who has found the Jewish Messiah, one to fulfill the Jewish Messianic hope. In embracing Yeshua, Paul did not become a non-Jew, but a different Jew, a Jew that followed Yeshua. His embracing Yeshua as the Messiah and Lord makes everything else in his life of lesser value. Paul now says even those things of highest value, including spectacular Jewish heritage and practice of Judaism, as valueless compared to knowing Yeshua and experiencing the new life that comes from union with the Messiah. Gaining Messiah is to Paul so profound and transformative that all else drops in comparison in value. Everything in his life is, is relegated to lesser value than his knowledge of the Messiah. His connection with the Messiah was so strong that everything else about his life can be considered meaningless or garbage or refuge to him as his connection to the Messiah was so integrated in him that his very life, his very breath was knowing Yeshua and wanting to become more and more like his master. From this time forward, from his encounter with the Messiah, Paul continues living as a Torah faithful Jew. Only now he does so as a Jew seeking to be more and more and more like the Messiah. Paul can say with conviction, this is Max 28, brothers, although I have done nothing against either our people or the traditions of our fathers, I was made a prisoner in Jerusalem and handed over to the Romans. Paul made this statement near the time he wrote Philippians. Based on the understanding of the letters written during Paul's final imprisonment in Rome, before the, before the, the Jewish leaders, he, he gave these words that he had done nothing against the Jewish people or against the traditions of the fathers. Paul declared his faithfulness to the Torah, and even the traditions of our fathers, the traditions also known as the oral Torah, which would later be codified in, in Mishnah. What Paul here says is, is, I've done nothing against the Jewish people. My whole life has been devoted to the God of Israel and to the Jewish people. And I've done nothing against the traditions of our fathers, but he had, he had done nothing against the, the, the traditional life of the Jewish people. As I said, the traditions of the fathers could be a reference to the, the oral Torah, which would later be codified in the Mishnah. Which, which would be which would be written down in the, in 200 of the common area 
Paul says, I've done nothing against our people. I've done nothing against the, the tradition of the Jewish people. I've done, done nothing against the, the Jewish law in my life. But he was put on trial for, for these things. He said, I've been faithful to our, our people. I've been faithful to our tradition. I've been faithful to Jewish law. Paul understood that in Messiah, his righteousness no longer depended on his work and observance. The righteousness he attained by placing his faith in Yeshua. So we can see here that, that Paul is seeing in his own life that all of his accomplishments, all that he had in his life, was, was a precursor to the ultimate revelation of God in his life, in knowing the Messiah. Paul is now fully dependent on the righteousness of his Lord. From his encounter with Yeshua on the road to Damascus, Paul was on a lifelong journey to know Messiah more. And he calls the people of Philippi and us by example to spend the rest of our lives from our encounter with Yeshua trying to become and seeking to become more and more like our master. Paul knew at the completion of his journey Messiah stood there waiting him for life eternal. And all that he lost for that game was well worth whatever was ahead. Paul knew that his goal was completing his task, completing his life on, on earth, completing his work for the Messiah, knowing that at the end of the road, the only thing that matters is knowing the Messiah. Anything of his life, anything of value in this life was of no value in comparison to knowing the Messiah. So in his calling, everything outside of knowing the Messiah, outside of his connection to the Messiah, garbage or rubbish, or as the, the Greek word skobalon can actually mean much, much harsher words that I'm not going to use in, in, uh, in uh, this this broadcast, but you can you can get the picture of, of of the of where it can go from there to to refuse to to uh, excrement and even harsher terms that harsher harsher words that I I don't see appropriate at this time. But Paul is, is saying that that knowing Messiah makes everything of so little value that it can just be considered trash or garbage that is tossed away. These things are still of value. The knowledge of Messiah is so great that everything else fails in comparison to it. What Paul gave to know the Messiah could be his former career path in the larger Jewish world. As a Pharisee trained at the feet of Gamaliel, the great sage, Paul had before him the possibility of great honor and respect as one of the great Jewish teachers and leaders. Even following his teacher Gamaliel as a leader in the Sanhedrin. But he left this path to go to choose another one that led toward Messiah Yeshua. His choice was between being a respected sage and leader in the larger Jewish world or a persecuted emissary of Messiah Yeshua. And he chose the latter. So Paul talking about leaving things in mind, he was he was taught at the feet of Gamaliel, great sage and leader of the Sanhedrin, 
that Paul himself, as as a student, as a Talmudim, a Talmud of Gamaliel, could have gone on to be one of the great sages in the, in the Jewish world, one of the great great rabbis that people would talk about. But he chose a path to be a follower Messiah, a path that would be lead to persecution by his own people, and persecution by the world. But he chose that, and that became his life. He, he put aside the greatness of being a great respected sage within Judaism to become a slave of the Messiah, one who would suffer and give his life for his Messiah. As the Messiah gave his life for him, he would lay down his life in service of the Messiah. Paul uses his rhetorical gifting to make clear to the Philippians the extreme value of knowing Yeshua and being incorporated into the Messianic community, which can render all things worthless in comparison, even referring to everything outside of knowing Messiah as garbage. Early church father John Chrysostom, in his homilies on Philippians, which was written in the fourth century of the Common Era, and as I said, have been the basis for much of the anti-Judaism interpretation of Philippians, even to this day, his work is is uh, is is continuing in the the works of of the the current commentaries on Philippians that he he puts a very anti-Judaism uh, polemic coming out of these verses. But oddly enough. Yet on his commentary, his homily, these are called, called homilies on Philippians. It could also, also be seen as, as an early commentary on Philippians. But as I said, it was called homilies or sermons on Philippians. Yet in his homily on his verse, Chrysostom provides an interesting analogy that helps to understand Paul's need to differentiate in shoes. And this is from uh, from his from Chrysostom's homily on on uh, Philippians chapter three, verse eight. For as a poor man that was in hunger, as long as he has silver, escapes hunger. But when he finds gold, and is not allowable to keep both, considers it loss, considers it rubbish to retain the former, and having thrown it away takes the gold coin, so also here, not because the silver is lost or rubbish, for it is not, because it is impossible to take both at once, but it is necessary to leave one. So it seems it seems odd to to uh, to speak to speak uh, positively about something that, that could have been written by Chrysostom. But interestingly here in this in this analogy he gives us it gives us a picture of what of what we're talking about here in Paul seeing the extreme value of knowing the Messiah and everything else becoming worthless we see in this this poor man you could you could say that he has you know he say he has a ba bag you know of 10 pounds of silver and with that he can buy food he can escape hunger so he's carrying this bag of, he could carry it up to 10 pounds with him, 
So he had a 10 pound bag of, of silver. But on his journey, he then sees that in the road, there's a 10 pound bag of gold. And he knows he can't hold on to both of them. Both of them are of value. But the one of gold is which would be of much greater value, stream value. And though the silver is, is of value, he would lay it aside. He would consider it garbage. He would consider it rubbish. He would consider it, consider it excrement to the value of the bag of gold, which is worth, you know, 50, 100 times more. The silver is still of great value, but the but the but the bag of gold is even farther greater value. So in this, he can consider the silver as being worthless to having the gold because he could only carry one bag. And this, like like with Rav Shul, with the Apostle Paul here, and speaking about his life, is that knowing the Messiah is so great. That all the greatness, all the all the the blessings of his life, all the greatness that that he had before knowing the Messiah, is like the is like the silver bag, which is the bag of silver, which is sustaining him, and and is being of great value to him. But then he sees the bag of gold, the knowledge of the Messiah, and he can't hold both bags, so he takes hold of the bag of gold the bag of the knowledge of the Messiah, which is of far greater value. And he can consider the silver worthless to now having the gold and the gold being the knowledge of the Messiah. So Paul here is, is showing to the people of, of Philippi that they need to understand the highest value in their life is knowing the Messiah. Everything about them, whether in this life by either their heritage, their education, their their uh, their place in society, everything is is pales in comparison. Knowing the Messiah, the knowledge of the Messiah is so great that it is the very breath of a true Talmud of Yeshua, and that is what Paul is calling them to understand in their new life in Messiah that Yeshua is they're very meaningful for life that he is that they too need to understand that for them to live is messiah living in this site this life is for the messiah seeking to become more like the master seeking to know him more and to make him known in our world and death is gain because in that at the end of of this life there is the the messiah waiting there is life eternal because of the Messiah's work of redemption. So all life now is about the Messiah. It should be about the Messiah, knowing him more, becoming more and more like the Messiah, and to make him known in our world. And this is what Paul is compelling on people, the Philippians, to understand in their new life as now redeemed pagans, pagans who would come to understand the God of Israel, those who would come from the nations, those who come out of the various, the various false religions of Philippi to embrace the one God of Israel. And now they need to understand that they now live a new life and they need to focus their life on the Messiah, walking in his way and living for him each day. 
So that will conclude our time today as we looked at Philippians chapter 3, verses 7 through 8. And tomorrow we'll continue this, this, this uh, section on, on new life in the Messiah with verses 9 through 11 as Paul continues to talk about all that he gave up to know the Messiah and the great value of Messiah in his life and compels the Philippians to understand the great value of Yeshua in their life. And us reading this letter now over 1900 years later to understand the value of knowing Messiah in our life and the living each day of our lives in Messiah. So that will include our time today. Thank you for watching. This is again is Letter to Philippi live a daily Monday through Friday broadcast where we'll be looking at the book of Philippians on Monday through Friday at 12 p.m. Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern time, 10 p.m. Jerusalem time. And uh, we'll continue our study in Philippians. My name is Sean Imsley. I will be your teacher and I'm the founder of Letter to Philippi a new Messianic Jewish theological and teaching organization. And uh, you can find out more at letterdophilippi.org. You can, if you have any questions, you can fill out our contact form. If you have any prayer requests, I will be praying for you. You can get a copy of my commentary on Philippians on our resources page. You can make a contribution to our work, which would be greatly appreciated, either a one-time contribution or an ongoing monthly contribution the work of Letter to Philippi as we continue to grow this work and to teach about the Messian and Jewish theological background of the scriptures and, and building a solid 21st century Messianic Jewish theology that honors Yeshua and honors the Torah and lives in Jewish space. And we ask you to, to do your part in supporting our work in prayer and also financially, as we continue to bring this, this teaching that focuses the scriptures on understanding life in Yeshua in a Messian Jewish context from this letter that Paul gave to the people of, of Philippians. And we can look to continue our teaching in Philippians and look to continue to uh, expand our work in, in both teaching and in uh, in experiences of living life following the example of Yeshua, our righteous Messiah. So thank you for watching, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Again, this is Sean Imsley from LetterToPhilippi.org. And uh, for those watching on uh, on Facebook, you can actually see the website there on the, the bottom scroll at LetterToPhilippi.org, O-R-G. And uh, you can find out more about our work. and. Uh, we will see you tomorrow. So thank you for watching, and shalom for now. And again, this is Letter to Philippi Live with Sean Imsley. And we continue with, with chapter 3, verses 9 through 11, as we continue looking at new life in the Messiah. Good day, and shalom for now.